The preseason USA Today Top 25 Coaches poll is out, and the Tar Heels aren't on it. At least not in the top 25, but they did get some votes. Where does Carolina stack up against the rest of the ACC and their opponents that they'll play this year? Also, I've got an Antoine Green injury update for you. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Friday, August 12th, 2022. Welcome into the Locked On Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and it's my joy to welcome you in and to thank you for making Locked On Tar Heels your first listen or your first watch every single day. Please don't forget that the show is free and available anywhere you get podcasts. So go ahead, please subscribe right now. Very easy. And for those of you watching, if you would also smash the like button and would love to hear your comments as we roll along. Very seriously, it helps so much when you all do those things and it means a ton to me. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online, where the game starts. And friends, you know it's Friday, and so you know that means if you're watching, it is Fro Friday. Just letting it all poof out. It's getting longer, and man, I can't wait to see where we're at come basketball season with this mess on top of my head. So, update on where Carolina football is at in their practice schedule. They practiced Wednesday morning. They practiced last night, Thursday night. And they are off today, Friday, have an off day because then on Saturday night, they have a scrimmage. Um, and so kind of starting to resemble what game day will feel like a little bit getting in that night game. Also have a night practice on Sunday at 5 p.m. And then Monday is going to be off because it is the first day of classes in Chapel Hill. And so that, that'll be a good opportunity for those guys to really get into their semester and just let their bodies get a little bit of a break both today and on Monday. And you know that is needed. Uh, I do want to go ahead and give you an Antoine Green injury update. Obviously, we um, know that he had been held out. We learned that earlier in the week, and there was wonderment about how long it would be. Would he miss the entire season? And, and Coach Brown updated this week that the expectation is that Antoine's going to be out six to ten weeks. Now, I love math and numbers, so I went into my dear old calendar and did some, some plotting out of what that means and what that's going to look like for Antoine Green and the receiver position. So, the surgery was last Sunday, and so if you just chart out six weeks ahead of that, six weeks after last Sunday is September 18th. Now, that's actually, uh, and that's a Sunday. I just went Sunday by Sunday since that's when his surgery was. That weekend, the Tar Heels are actually off. So after Florida A&M, App State, and Georgia State, Carolina has an off week before they host Notre Dame in Keenan. And so that, that weekend um, means then, since Carolina doesn't have a game, if it was just six weeks and he's back into game action, that um, he would his first game, Antoine's, would be against Notre Dame in Carolina's fourth game. Now, if it is the longer end of that, 10 weeks out, that means that Sunday would be October 16th which would be the, the week leading up to the Pittsburgh game, which is homecoming. That's pretty cool. So that would mean he would miss seven games if he was out 10 weeks. 
and so would have five left in the regular season. But we also always have to take into consideration with injuries. Does that mean does six to ten weeks mean he's fully back? Does that mean he's back to practice but has to get back up to game speed? How long does it take for Antoine to trust his body again? Thankfully, as a receiver, it's not a, a lower body issue. And so in terms of, of cuts and, and turns and sprints and things like that, should be good to go. But it's just different for every human body and how they respond to that. So um, we, we have those numbers, but as always, it's all just speculation and we'll have to see how his body responds, how ready to go he is. And part of it is probably going to also depend on how well the, the young men that have to step up and fill his gap are performing in games. And that, that is going to play a pivotal role because as we talked about earlier this week on the show, obviously Carolina knows what they got in Josh Downs. The nation knows what Carolina has in Josh Downs. Um, we know that uh, last year Antoine Green started every game and then Justin Olsen played the majority of the season after Emory, after taking over for Emory Simmons, who then ultimately transferred out. And so if you're looking at other names to be aware of, at least specifically with wide receivers, uh, the ones you want to pay, pay attention to are obviously Justin Olsen, who is returning, having been a starter last year. There's a lot of noise around freshman Andre Green, but of course we're all wondering how does that translate to a game? He seems physically ready, but is the mental there? How are his routes? How, how does he perform when the lights come on uh, against an opponent who is not one of his teammates? All of that, you just never know with a young man stepping into college for the first time. Uh, other names like J.J. Jones, Gavin Blackwell, Ty Chapman, Kobe excuse me, Kobe Pesor, who is another slot guy like Josh Downs. So could Josh Downs hop outside somewhere and maybe Pesor comes into the slot? There, there's options there for Coach Longo, but obviously we're going to have to see because a lot of it is unproven talent, and that's the issue. Now, one of the nice things is that there is a lot of certainty with what's going on in the the tight end position, and, and you've got three guys who can ultimately do a lot of things really well there. And so um, we're going to have to see how Carolina uh, utilizes those, right? And and to be able to may maybe some two tight end sets or some three tight end sets, if you bring in both Bryson Nesbitt and Copenhaver, like maybe those can offset some of that alongside Josh Downs to help um, stem the tide until Antoine comes back. Now, again, it all is going to depend on how these other receivers step up and step in. And so that's what I've got my eye on is what's going to happen there. Um, my guess is that Andre Green by, you know, October, early November is going to, would be ready to be that guy. But I, I think just by nature of being a freshman in such a physical game is just going to take a while to, to be up to full speed going there. Think about Storm Duck coming in, and I know he was a year ahead, um, was supposed to be a senior in high school, but it's that kind of thing. You just don't want to throw him in too early, and so probably we're really looking to see it somebody like J.J. Jones or Gavin Blackwell, what they're able to do, but really interested. We might learn some more after Saturday night's scrimmage about what things are going to look like there. Going to be very interesting. Now, also... The USA Today poll did come out earlier this week, like I said. The Tar Heels are not on it. But where are they? How many votes did they get? I'm going to tell you all about that in just a second after we talk about Bet Online. 
which is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. There's also reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering info, like live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. All of that, they've got you covered. So head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so the USA Today preseason top 25 coaches poll did come out this past Monday. And, and as I've said a couple times now, Carolina was left off of that. They were not in the top 25. Going back the, the past two years, they were number nine last year in the preseason and then went to Virginia Tech and that was gone very quickly. And in 2020, Mac Brown's second year, Sam Howe's second year, the Tar Heels were 19th coming in. And then obviously coming off of how things had gone previously, Coach Brown's first year, Sam Howe's first year, 2019, the Tar Heels were unranked. So this is the first time they have not been ranked in the preseason, at least in the um, coaches poll. We don't necessarily um, know everything yet, but um, in the coaches poll, they are not ranked preseason. And that's kind of a good place to be. It's kind of what you expect coming off of last year coming into all the question marks that there are. However, Carolina is obviously, as you would guess, showing up in the others receiving votes category, and they are 33rd overall. So they're not too far past that top 25, right? And, and it's something they can move up to. They received 34 total votes. Now, when we look around the conference and as we look around Carolina's schedule, who is ranked, all those kind of questions, so glad you asked. Let me unpack that for you. Clemson is ranked fourth in this preseason poll. Notre Dame, you know, ACC light, <laughs> we'll call them, because they're, they're obviously not in the ACC in football, but play that ACC schedule, um, at least in terms of a certain number of opponents. They are fifth in this preseason poll. NC State, 13th. Pitt, 16th. Miami 17th and Wake Forest 19th, although, um, you know, we just learned in the past day or two about Sam Hartman's injury. And so um, we're gonna have to wait and see what happens there with him and Wake Forest. And speaking of which, Sam Hartman and the Wake Forest community and the Hartman family, best of wishes in your recovery from whatever it is that is going on. So including Notre Dame, there are six ACC teams that are ranked, and I'm putting that in air quotes um, because, you know, Notre Dame, again, whatever. So um, there are two other, in, a, in addition to the Tar Heels, there are two other ACC teams in others receiving votes. That's Louisville and Florida State, but they only got one vote each. So just right down there at the bottom. What about any other teams on UNC's schedule that are ranked? Well, App State, is in that others receiving votes category. They got 10 votes and came in tied for 40th overall in uh, in those others receiving votes. And so what's super interesting about that is of that last, uh, that list of the six ACC teams that are ranked, five of them are on Carolina's schedule this year. Aye, everybody but Clemson. So it's at least you don't have to play that top end, although you kind of do. You want to say, like, let's go test ourselves against Clemson. But those other five 
that, that are ranked that I listed, Notre Dame, NC State, Pitt, Miami, Wake Forest, those are all on the Tar Heels schedule this year. Now, that means, including those five and App State and the others receiving votes, six of Carolina's 12 scheduled opponents this year are in either ranked or others receiving votes. Now, interestingly, very interesting, how about this? Those games are literally every other game. None of those team, none of those games against preseason ranked teams are back to back in at, at all. It's literally switches on and off. Let me unpack it for you. First game, Florida A and M. Second game is at App State, who is 40th, and then at Georgia State, and then versus Notre Dame, who is fifth. With the week in between those two, as I said a little bit earlier, then host Virginia Tech, who's not ranked, not in others receiving votes. Then you go to Miami, 17th. Then you're at Duke, not ranked. Then you host Pitt, 16th. Then you're at Virginia, not ranked. Then at Wake Forest, 19th. Versus Georgia Tech, not ranked. And then versus NC State, 13th. So how wild is that? That um, literally, it switches on and off every other game, whether you're playing somebody that's ranked or receiving votes or somebody that's not. And so obviously that's going to change a ton throughout the season. And by the time we get to some of those games, they might not be ranked or teams that aren't ranked might be ranked, but that's where it sits in the preseason. And obviously when we're able to talk about the AC, uh, the AP poll, that, that will be probably different as well. So when you look at these five top 25 ranked opponents, man, that might seem daunting. But here's what it says to me, similar to what I just said about Clemson. Carolina has a huge opportunity in front of them to go out and make a statement that this is, you know, in stark contrast to last year where the Tar Heels were massively overhyped. I think it it's very fair to now say, and Coach Brown himself said that, I think now they're being severely overlooked. And I like that. And... Um, so while while you have all these games against ranked preseason ranked opponents, good. Let's go out and do it. And interestingly, when you look back at this, the three highest ranked teams, which are Notre Dame fifth, um, NC State thirteenth, and Pitt sixteenth, those are the highest three rankings. Those three games are all in Keenan Stadium. They're all at home. If you kind of process back through the schedule they all have at least three games in between each of those. So you've got time to prepare. Notre Dame, and then Virginia Tech, Miami, Duke, before hosting Pitt, and then Virginia, Wake Forest, Georgia Tech, before hosting NC State on the last game of the regular season on Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. Also with Notre Dame, again, you've got an off week before that game. So you're kind of putting yourself in a, at least a, a great position to be able to challenge for those victories. The thing is, though, you've just got all these question marks from both a personnel and coaching standpoint. And so I think that's a big part of why Carolina isn't ranked um, preseason is because while it seems like they they are hoarding talent, they're bringing it all in. A lot of it's young and it needs to be developed and you got to see what's there. Th there's a lot of question marks. 
Who will be the starting quarterback? Will there be a wide receiver or tight end to take focus away from Josh Downs or to match up with Josh Downs? How serious is this green injury? How for real is Andre Green? Will British British Brooks be the lead running back? Or will one of these two super impressive freshman guys take over at some point in the season? Will the offensive line stand firm under the direction of new line coach Jack Bicknell? How quickly can the defense turn things around under the return of Gene Chizik? All of these are huge question marks, and that's not all of them. There are more. And so we're all watching and looking to see what that is going to be. If Carolina can answer... I just asked, let me look, seven different glaring questions. If Carolina could answer five of those positively, you got to think they move up in in these polls and in these rankings pretty quickly. I, I mean, it just seems natural that they could do that. Now, part of it is it's tough because you're under the radar those first three games, but that App State game, man, going to Boone is going to be so incredibly difficult but I don't think coaches or the media are going to... Coaches will. I I should take that back. I don't think the media will fully recognize what a difficult game that is. And so it's like you have to win it, but if you lose it, you should have won it, even though it's, it's a really, really good football team at a really difficult place to win. Oh, boy. Now, here's the next thing. CBS Sports also this week put out a ranking, and theirs is really interesting because it's not just the top 25 and the others receiving votes. It is every FBS team, all 131 of them, starting with Alabama and going all the way to the bottom, and UMass. Poor UMass hasn't done anything since Marcus Camby was there playing basketball. (laughs) So um, when when we look at this, remember Carolina was 33rd in the coaches poll. In this CBS Sports ranking of every FBS team, the Tar Heels come in 13 spots lower at 46th in the nation. So once again, being being I'm going to say slept on, but I I don't know if that's fair because I think that's that's the expectation for most people coming into this season. And again, I think Mac Brown and company love that. They're like, listen, we got something brewing in Chapel Hill and we can't wait to unleash it on you. That's what I'm looking for. And we're going to have to see. Now, in this in the CBS Sports ranking, let me obviously every team's on here, so all 14 ACC schools and Notre Dame are on here, and I'm, I'll also list for you the other um, uh, schools that aren't in the ACC that Carolina is playing this season. So I'll just go from the highest ranked all the way to the lowest ranked. Keep in mind, you won't hear Florida A&M's name called on this list because they're an FCS opponent. And so just just keep that in mind. You're going to hear the ACC schools plus the non-ACC schools on Carolina's schedule. So uh, the highest ranked team on this list is Clemson at fifth. Remember, Carolina doesn't play them. Next, Notre Dame comes in at sixth. They're on Carolina's schedule. NC State is 11th, so a little bit higher than they were in the USA Today coaches poll. They're on Carolina's list, obviously. Miami is 19th. Carolina plays them. Wake Forest, 21st. Carolina plays them. Pitt, 25th. Carolina plays them as well. So same, essentially, five teams ranked in that top 25 is on the coaches poll. Next for the ACC, Louisville comes in at 41st on this CBS Sports list. The Tar Heels do not play them this year. And then here comes App State. Get this, 42nd. Do you remember where I said Carolina was ranked? 46th. That's right. 
App State is ranked ahead of Carolina on this list. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm just saying what this says. Following Carolina, Florida State is 50th on the list. Carolina doesn't play the Seminoles this year. Virginia Tech is 52nd. Carolina does play them. Boston College, 55th, not on the schedule. Virginia, 59th, they are on the schedule. Georgia State, 80th. Obviously, they're on the schedule or I wouldn't be naming them. Syracuse is 89th. Carolina doesn't play them. And then the two lowest-rated ACC schools to round out the list, both of whom are on Carolina's schedule, are Georgia Tech coming in at 96th and Duke at a woeful 109th out of 131 teams. Yikes. Got to take care of business against both those schools. Remember, Carolina lost to Georgia Tech last year. So when you look at all 14 ACC schools, Carolina's smack dab. I mean, uh, there's 14, so you can't be smack dab in the middle because it's an even number, but they're seventh. And so just on the north side of, of the midway point there. Um, and so again, you're, you're seeing it and hearing it, Carolina being, being pretty low. The expectations are tempered nationally. And I don't know that that's the worst thing in the world. I think that is probably a big win. Carolina, again, is being slept on. And listen, I get it. Remember last year, we, we talked about the personnel and coaching question marks heading into this year. Let me just remind you of the wins and losses last year. The wins, Georgia State, Virginia, Duke. You absolutely should win those games. Miami, that's that's a, a good quality win. Miami had a great run. I believe won five of their final six. Wake Forest, obviously that was a huge win last year. And then Wofford. Okay, so, you know, two of those games are, are quality wins. And then lost to Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, Florida State, Pittsburgh in overtime, NC State, and then ultimately South Carolina in the Dukes Mayo Bowl to finish 6-7. and seven. But just go here with me. Before the bowl game, you're heading into that six and six. Had Carolina just finished the job against NC State at seven and five, had Carolina beaten Pitt in that overtime game, which they absolutely could have done, you're eight and four. Now, that's not a phenomenal season, especially because for, you know, at least one of those losses is to Georgia Tech. But eight and four feels a lot different than six and six. And you just wonder how different feelings and expectations would be coming into this season had Carolina taken, biz taken care of business in those two really winnable games last year. Could they turn the tide this year and, and win those two games? It really is just a matter of inches and a play here or a play there that make you feel completely different about a football season. Can Carolina learn how to win those moments? We're going to be watching for that this year. Now, the other thing is that's all national things that we've been talking about. What about the actual ACC preseason poll from ACC media, the ACC-specific voting? Well, ACC media days were held a couple weeks ago now, and, and media voted on the overall ACC champion side of things, as well as broken down into the two 
division. So there were 164 total voters. One of the things they did was just voted for who's going to win the outright, like the conference championship. 103 of those 164 voted for, of course, Clemson. Right. Duh. Um, Carolina, though, was one of nine teams to receive at least one vote for this conference championship. And they got two votes. I mean, it's not huge, but it's not zero. It's not a goose egg. And so that's at least, you know, there are two people who believe in the Tar Heels tied for seventh most votes with Florida State's. But the divisional breakdown is where, where you really get a better idea of what people think. Because that, that first list isn't like rank where you think these teams are going to be. It's just who do you think is going to win the conference. So divisionally in the Coastal where the Tar Heels are. Remember the Coastal is Duke, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, uh, Virginia, Pitt, Miami, and North Carolina. So in, in the Coastal breakdown... Miami led the way with 98 first place votes, 1,036 total points, followed by Pitt with 38 first place votes, 911 total points. And then come the Tar Heels, 18 first place votes for, for winning the Coastal with 823 points. And so, um, I mean, I think that's probably a fair position for Carolina to be in, given how they closed out versus how Miami closed out. Um, Pitt's going to be interesting. How do they replace Kenny Pickett? We're all going to be watching to see on that. And then following the Tar Heels uh, to round out the Coastal are Virginia, Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, and Duke in that order. Now, in the other division, uh, Clemson obviously led the way there, followed by NC State, Wake, Louisville, Florida State, BC, and Syracuse. So that's what we're looking at there. Friends, Carolina has a huge opportunity to do something big this year with small expectations. Remember that. Now, they don't have the chance to go out and beat South Carolina in their first game like Sam Howell did, but they got a couple games to, to warm up to speed before this huge showdown with Notre Dame in their fourth game. Well, see what happens there. Coming up on Monday's show, man, uh, we're going to talk some more football. There's some really interesting NIL stuff that's been coming out. How does, uh, we're, I really want to look at some of this running back conversation because it's getting a lot of buzz and maybe by then we'll hear a little more about the answer to the quarterback battle. But as for today and as for this week, that is the end of Locked on Tar Heels for this week. Additionally, coming up next week, Coach Pat Kilby and I, we're going to be talking about the man, Armando Baycott. Can't wait to get there. The, the summer stat series, I'm looking at three-point made shots and all sorts of great stuff. And I just really appreciate you joining me as you do every day here on Locked on Tar Heels. Please, if you haven't, hit the subscribe button. It's so easy. It doesn't cost you a thing but two seconds of your time. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels. And you can follow me at Isaac Shade. Get more on the ACC by making Locked on ACC your second listen every day. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts of Locked on take you around the conference in 30 minutes, five days a week. I hope that you all have a great weekend. Just two weekends away from this Florida A&M game. It is so close. And man, I want to remind you that it is always a great day to be a target. Until next week, peace. <laughs>